This is episode 378, How to Parent When Your Inner Child is Still Traumatized with Nicole. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope that you are enjoying this beautiful month of December. This is one of my favorite, favorite time of year. I love the holidays. I love how things slow down. I just love the magic that's in the air this time of year. And it's also a really powerful time of self-reflection and going inward, especially here in this part of the world where it's winter, kind of hibernate a little bit and and go in and ask ourselves, you know, what do I want to let go of this year? Where do I need to dig a little deeper? And often what we find is that there are places inside that are still unhealed, that are still tender, that we have just managed our whole life, but haven't ever truly transformed. And that's a huge distinction between what really brings people peace and contentment in life and what just gets us through the day. So many of us have had painful pasts that we have learned to manage. We've swept another under the rug or we've distracted ourselves with work or other ways, or we've just gone into taking care of others and haven't really truly taken care of ourselves. And so our past trauma, our past issues, challenges, they aren't in our face every day, but we aren't really living into our fullest potential and the deepest level of contentment that we could possibly access because so much of our energy is spent on managing what we've never truly transformed. And so to get where we want to go in life, which to me is a place of contentment, right? We, that just nothing's wrong, that we just are at peace with where we are in our life and what our life has been up to this point. That feeling of contentment, oh, just brings such a feeling of relief. But to get there, we truly have to transform. And that requires healing on deeper levels. And there's nothing that often can catalyze that like having children, because children often bring forward the things that we have brushed under the rug. They force us to look at ourselves. They, they trigger us. And why they are the perfect teachers is because we love them so much and we don't want to pass on our pain and trauma and we want to transform, but often we don't know how because our own inner child is still wounded. Our own inner child hasn't had the healing of their trauma that is truly needed. And that's what we explore in the session with Nicole today. And, you know, parenting, even though I'm only eight months in, eight and a half, almost nine, it has taught me so much already. And my eyes have been opened in a way that they haven't ever been opened before. So more conversations and episodes about parenting, both our children and our own inner child will be coming up as well. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to thank my sponsor, which is StoryWorth. So if you're spending time with loved ones over the holidays, you're probably going to hear a lot of stories. The ones you love to hear and the ones you've heard, maybe some you've heard too many times. But have you ever wanted to help your loved ones document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but StoryWorth makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone, even if you're not a writer, can write a book about their life. So the way it works is every week, StoryWorth will email your loved ones a single life-related question that you pick from their collection, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done? What's the farthest you've ever traveled? What's one thing that's happened in your life that you never expected? And all they have to do is reply with a story. 
Then after a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, memories, and even photos into an exquisite hardcover book, creating a super valuable keepsake. I mean, what an amazing gift, right? Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. So get started with your loved ones for the holidays. And before you know it, you'll be cherishing those timeless stories for generations to come. Stuff like this is even more meaningful to me now that I have Athena. I, I want her to know the stories of her life and her family and StoryWorth is a great way to do that. So help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash over it today and save $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash over it to save $10 off your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash over it. So as you're listening to this session with Nicole, consider, are you a parent? And do you sometimes question your parenting? Do you have unresolved trauma from your childhood and being a parent has activated it? Or even if you're not a parent, do you know you have unresolved trauma from your childhood and you're not sure what to do with it? And finally, do you just feel too busy in life? There's just too much going on in your life to deal with any of your trauma, to do any of your healing. So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my session with Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. I really need help from you to navigate my triggers surrounding my special needs six-year-old obsessively asking for things. I have food insecurity issues Mm -hmm. from when I was a child and child abuse and neglect and abandonment and things like that. And I just need help from you. I don't have much of a support system. I went no contact with my abusive family. So just need help. Navigating, you know, healing my inner child whilst healing my kids and healing, you know. healing all the things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about kids is they are activating, you know, whatever is unresolved within us, they bring to the surface. So, so two big things. Number one, you've got to make time for yourself to start to heal and resolve with some of your own trauma. And number two, it's about daily regulation of your nervous system because whenever we have had a lot of trauma, which it sounds like you have, yes? Yes. Yes. Um, our brain and our body still is is prepping. It's there. It's always scanning. It's always in a heightened state. It's always an alert because we're just waiting for more trauma to happen because it was just such a normal part of our life. Right. We, and we also end up kind of attracting, not attracting, that's the wrong word. I don't want people to blame themselves. It's common that people have had a lot of trauma, often have a lot of drama in their life as well. A lot of people they have to support, a lot of people leaning on them. And it's just because if you've had a lot of trauma, you can hold more and you're just kind of used to it. Mm -hmm. So then there's also looking, well, I said two things, it's really three. It's also looking at where you need boundaries in your life and where certain people need to be cut out. Yeah. And Number three, it's it's really about regulating your nervous system day to day, which we'll talk a little bit about. So when you're going through your day, do you notice yourself revving up? Do you notice yourself feeling anxiety? Yes, because what happens is I only have so much energy during the day. And what I'm doing is the wrong thing. I'm trying not to blow up at my children or basically it's my six-year-old because my son doesn't really trigger me as much. He's only two. I'm trying to use my energy to keep from blowing up instead of, like you said, regulating my nervous system. 
And someone only has so much energy during the day. So by the time it's like six in the morning, I'm depleted of my energy because I already asked me 400 times, hey, I want chocolate. I want ice cream. I want to go outside. I want to go to school. I want this. I want that. And had 10 temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I, you know, my husband's still asleep because he has to commute several hours a day mm-hmm. because of our situation working seven out seven days a week. And so I can't really ask him for more than what he's giving. Cause he's completely yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the thing. I'm basically a single mom, unfortunately, again, because yeah. he just doesn't have any more to give. What's he supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, I hear but that. that's just not enough for me. Like when I, you know, entered into the relationship, I let him know I needed a father for my daughter. Yeah. And so if he wanted to be that he could come into our family, but we had a really hard time blending our family. He was having a difficult time with her being in the bed with me because, you know, I'm a respectful parent. So I do everything like the crunchy mom way. Yeah. No yeah. cry it out. No, you know, vaccines, yeah. no, any of that stuff. So it's like I bed share. I do. I breastfed her till way past when most people would stop. And yeah. I don't even want to say, cause I don't want to be judged, but no way past two years. <laughs> hey, one thing I've learned about being a mom is you got to find out what works for your kid. You know, there's some things yeah. I said I never do, would do that I found myself doing because it worked best for her. And there are things yes. that I thought I would for sure do that I'm not. Yes. So it just completely depends on the child. So it sounds like one of the things that's difficult for me as a coach is I empathize so much with my clients. And right now you're my client in terms of their situation, because I really hear, you know, husband has a job. He has to commute from you're a single mom. It really feels like there's no wiggle room and there's no options. And in order for things to change, we have to sort of make a way out of no way sometimes. And we can talk a little bit about what they may look like, but it may look like husband looking for a different kind of job or husband having a conversation yeah. with boss about, hey, I need this day to work from home or, or something like that yeah. because who knows? And and I'm, I don't know your husband. I'm not talking to him and I don't right, want to throw right. him under the bus. He might actually like being out of the house seven days a week because it sounds That's like it's I'm a lot thinking. of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a real sit down with him and being like, this isn't, this isn't working. For any of us, it's not working for our family. Well, the thing is, when I do sit down with him because we're friends of over 30 years, he gets very defensive and we get nowhere. We've ha- we've tried marriage counseling. We've tried everything. It just doesn't work for us because we like, we're friends first, like such good friends. And I feel like our relationship, marriage has just really struggled because we've been married for a little over three years, been together over four And it just has always been so hard because I have been having to do everything, everything to clean the house, everything, all the cooking, all the shopping, all the bill pay, all the, you know, everything for the kids, buying all their stuff and all. It's just really hard for me. I I don't have much support. I don't have family. I don't have friends. It's it's hard. So when you tell him this isn't working for me and, and, and when you go to him, do you do so in a vulnerable way? Do you let him see your emotions? Do you do... Or is it more a, for lack of a better word, kind of you're at your wits end and it could come across to him as maybe attacking him? Both. I've tried everything and I am not well received in any capacity because I do feel like his mom, it it was kind of all about her feelings when he was growing up. Because I, I, like I said, I've known his family since I was eight. Mm -hmm. And so I just know that in his family, we haven't 
they, I don't know that they like me very much just because I, you know, didn't circumcise my son. I don't go to church every Sunday. He's like a preacher, his, his family, his dad's a preacher. So they do expect us to go to church every Sunday and, you know, they expect us to come and stuff. And I just haven't been, you know, I just, it's hard for me because they, his mom, I don't think lets anybody have their emotions. They probably, they did get spanked and punished and everything. And then the way that his siblings, you know, they spank and they encourage spanking and, you know, the guilt, shame, blame, the whole thing. And I'm, I never have wanted to parent that way. And unfortunately I have, I have spanked my daughter. Yeah. And, and I, I can't seem to completely stop doing that or yelling. So I, I'm really frustrated with myself. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So I, it, it, we get nothing accomplished when I come to him. He says that he can only take about 10 minutes of me emoting and then he's done. He shuts down completely. Okay. So I bet you feel really stuck, huh? I feel like you know, the, the, the marriage should probably end a lot of times, but I love mm-hmm. him so much that I don't want to give up on it, but it's like, I can only do so much by myself. Have you said that exact thing? Yes. And he doesn't agree. You know, of course he feels like he's the one that's carrying the entire marriage because he makes all the money. But I tried to explain to him when I was a single mother working five jobs, caring for my mother and my daughter and myself and paying rent and paying yeah. my mom's mortgage and all this stuff. I never complained once about working. I just don't understand it. Why can't you come home and do your responsibilities as a husband and a father? Because he didn't have a lot of trauma as a kid. And so he actually probably has healthier boundaries. You guys are on two extremes, right? He was kind of, um, it sounds like not, not necessarily coddled, but he didn't have the same childhood you did. Right. So he didn't, but it was similar though, because Mm -hmm. even though his parents didn't neglect or, or, you know, like sexual abuse or anything, they still spanked a Mm -hmm. lot and would not let him have any feelings. It was like, you know, our parents said the same thing. Like, I'll give you something to cry about or wash your mouth out with soap and things like that. Well, and there's probably a couple of things going on here and there's, so there's your marriage, there's your parenting, there's your healing, your nervous system, all that kind of stuff. Right. Sometimes what can happen in a marriage is when there's so much external stuff and so much stress going on and there's two people with unresolved childhoods coming together, raising children. It's, 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 it's just so hard to navigate anything because there's so many triggers going off all the time. It's like little landmines everywhere. Exactly. So that's one thing. And then with parenting too, because you were like, there was the, the banking and the abuse and it was so strict on one end. You might have gone so far on the other end where I have no boundaries. You have with my no kids. boundaries with your kids, right? Which is going to create confusion in children because they actually yes. like need to know you're the boss. It kind of puts the yes. burden on them to to be the boss. And so yes. you know, I think that that's the thing with parenting is is we want to be respectful and we want to be attached, but we also want to hold a strong line of communication in terms of what, you know, I what um, the person I've been learning from so much about parenting and I'm only eight months into my journey. Her name is Shane Rowley and she's out of Australia. She was like the baby whisperer in Australia and her book is really, really thick. And one thing she talks about, it's all about communication and it's about really letting the child know that you've got them and that you're the boss, not them. But because you have so much wounding with parenting, you've gone all the way on the other side so to make sure your child's feelings are valid, which is amazing. I commend you for that. 
but she might be confused and that's why she's throwing the tantrums and waking you up in the middle of the night and all those kinds of things. So, and I understand there's disabilities at play too. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. um, I'm not forgetting that, but this is just something that may have been there even if there wasn't that, right? Just oh because- yeah. Her behavior is normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is what I would recommend and I'm, I'm glad we're talking today and I wish I, I could I wish I could do more than I can in this, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, but we can't really make any changes or really think clearly when we're dysregulated. And I can tell just by talking to you, you're in a hyper aroused state. Your nervous system is flared up. You're probably in that amygdala response, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn most of the time. Your cortisol is probably way up. Your vagus nerve is probably very activated. Yes. And so from that, and you're in survival mode. You yeah, survive. All the time. I've never minute cycled minute. out of that stress. Yeah. I've never done it before. Yep. 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 And you know, that's another thing kids pick up on. So a very, very simple things I'm going to recommend because it's not like, it doesn't sound like you even have the support to Mm-mm. have therapy once a week. Oh, I do. I'm in anchor management and EMDR okay, once great. a week. And I also have started coffee enemas and forcing my husband to let me do that in the morning. Great. And who supports your kids when you're gone? I mean, is that school? And then my son is, is with him in the morning and then, you know, like Great. he has to leave for work after that. So. Great. So you do have some time. So if you can carve out any Just more time for yourself, yeah. that's great. EMDR is great. I'm glad mm-hmm. you're seeing that. One thing I'd like you to start doing on a daily basis is little things that will help tell yourself you're in the present moment and downright downregulate your nervous system. So a good one is humming, any kind of humming, like, mm, and even low humming, like, mm, really, and you can do that in front of your kids. It's a great thing to teach your kids. I'm doing it in front of Athena a lot. I did it as soon as she came out of the womb and put her on my chest and I just started making low humming sounds to help her, you know, just like regulate. And I, I do it anytime she's upset um, for her and me because I get upset when she's upset, you know, when she cries, I can feel my nervous system go, ah, yeah. So yeah, that's really the issue is like when both kids are screaming, I, I, I'm about to flip out. Like I can't, can't handle it. So, so what you can do, and you can do this in front of them because it would be good teaching them. So you can hum, you can also blow, blow horsey lips, like just do that many, many times. And you can also shake your body and make sounds or bl- blow horse lips while you're doing that. So shake, shake, shake and go uh, 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 kind of jump up and down and shake, shake, shake and blow horsey lips and, and do the best you can to not mirror their experience. Because okay. if, if one of them's having a tantrum, then your nervous system gets triggered. It, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Yes things that me and my husband say to them are things like, stop crying. Uh, please stop. Like, seriously, like, can you please not do like, I've, I've told myself and my husband a million times, we cannot tell them to stop crying. Mm-hmm. We need to support them through their tantrum. But we, both of us must've been beaten so bad when we were kids. Anytime we cried, it's so sad yeah, because yeah. we can't even stand it. I know. I know. It's a huge trigger. It's a huge trigger. And like, we can't even go to church because the kids can't sit still. And then everyone stares at us. And I feel like pressure to spank my daughter. I just can't deal with it. So we just don't go to those places anymore. And I feel so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to try something with your daughter. 
um, can you make a special place for her in the house that is like, we can think of a better room or name for it, but that's like her emotional release place or her upset place. And you can get like a pool noodle and cut it in half and you can get some pillows. Um, you can get anything that you want and it can be the place where she can have a tantrum. Uh-huh. She can use the pool noodle to, to hit things. She can scream into a pillow. Like she can have her tantrum there. And yeah. you can tell her when you're upset, you can go to the upset place. It's a safe place. You can show her how to use it. Mommy loves you. And when you're finished, I'm here. Can okay. you try to give her a place yes. to express? Because the thing is, she's picking up on, you know, both your kids um, are picking up on your and your husband's unprocessed emotions. And so yep. we, <laughs> we share a nervous system with our kid pretty much until they're seven oh, as mamas. Wow. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, shit, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, there's, there's a lot here and I can only help so much, but I think that the, the biggest thing I can give you today to take away is these tips to That's amazing. really start to regulate yourself and not like, so for example, like Athena is, I mean, first of all, before she was even born, she told me her name was Athena. I was going to name her wow. Isabella. And oh, I, it just wow. came into my mind one day. She's like, mom, my name is Athena, not Isabella. And I was like, okay. And she is, <laughs> she is so strong-willed and she has strong opinions. And like, for example, she doesn't really like to sit in her high chair, especially when she's done. <laughs> she just doesn't. And so we're practicing sitting and waiting. And I, I'm, I'm lucky I got some parenting coaching because you know, I was sort of letting her lead a little too much. So for instance, okay. we, she, we, we would go for a walk in the stroller and she'd just start crying and nothing was wrong. Like, you know, I know she was safe. I'm just, it, the, the, she didn't have a poop in her pants. The weather was fine. It was a beautiful day. And one of the things I love to do is go for walks and she'd be in there like 10 minutes and then she'd just start screaming. And so what would yeah. I do? I would take her out, carry her, throw out my back, be pushing the stroller, be carrying her. We'd both be hot by the time we got home, but you know, yeah. she got what she wanted. And so what I've had to practice is when she starts crying, be like, okay, you're okay. I hear you. You want out of the stroller. It's not time to get out of the stroller right now. Oh, look, there's a bird. You know, I, I, and I just let her have her, her feelings about it. And I, I no longer, if she, if I know she's safe or whatever, I don't immediately like save her, you know, and try to get her out of her feelings because, and this is, I this wish is, I would have known that. I know. I, I'm, I'm glad I learned it early. And, and what the other thing is my job helps me because, you know, I hold space for people to have their emotions. So, People having yeah. emotions don't scare me. Now I got a huge piece of humble pie served to me because when it's your own <laughs> child, it's a whole different story. Right. And so I understand the best I can just from being a mom myself eight months in, um, that when your child is upset, it's really, really hard. But what's happening is your inner child is getting upset with her. And then you've got your inner child to manage and both your children. And where's the mother? Right. You know? So it really feels like the blind leading the blind here, yeah, honestly, Yeah. because I'm at an emotional intelligence level of a four-year-old when the trauma got really bad and my daughter's older than me and my, in my mind. So it's right. really tough. Right. I hear you. It's, it's really tough and you don't have a lot of support and there's a lot of no, trauma so- and like all that. Mm-hmm. So I know this sounds really simple, but I really want you to commit to really making some changes in how you respond in, in a day, lots of humming 
lots of horsey lips, lots of shaking. The other thing that you can do is, is inhale deeply and kind of make like, like, uh, like almost kissy lips with your mouth and go and make the, and make the sound voo, And if you're doing it right, it will kind of tickle your lips. Like you take a nice deep inhale and then you go like voo, like V-U. Okay. And that's another thing you can do. And if your kids actually start seeing you like humming or doing voo or doing horsey lips and doing things to like, or taking deep breaths when they're having a tantrum, they might start to calm down. Now, I don't want you to be attached to that happening. Like right. let them have their process, right. but you've got to keep yourself. You can't time travel with them because then mm-hmm. again, it's like, where's the mom? So I need you to do yes. your best to stay in the present moment. The other thing that's good to do is look around the room and be like, oh, there's a green plant. There's a brown couch. You know, there's my black shirt hanging over the chair or so whatever. Be present, be. like really yeah. feel like, hey, I'm, I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And do things that, and say, you know, being present is often like a hard thing to do, but just when you start, like, if I start looking around the room, I'm in, I'm like, okay, well, there's a, a red box. Do there's a bunch of books loud? sometimes if I need to. So my mind doesn't wander. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. And just, and, and, and I want you to also take a lot of deep breaths throughout the day, a lot of deep breaths throughout the day. Deep. I tend to do it wrong. I take it into my chest because yeah. I'm an opera singer and yeah. I used to, you know, be trained to do it through my stomach, but I stopped doing that. So now yeah. I always do it through my chest and that's wrong, right? It's not wrong for singing, but it's not ideal for regulating. So one thing I'll do is I'll put one hand on my stomach and one hand actually on my lower back because we also don't want to just breathe in the front of our body. We want to take a nice big breath so we feel like there's a balloon you know, right in our belly button area. And it expands when we inhale both the front and the back of our body. So you want to get in the back of your body too, because the other thing with having a lot of trauma is that we know we held our breath definitely, but we often don't feel safe. So the back of our body doesn't really feel supported. So even like leaning up, another thing that you can do daily is just like lean up against a wall, put your feet slightly out. Not that, not so that you're doing a squat. It isn't a workout, but lean your back up against the wall and kind of rub your back along the wall and let your back and your spine feel like really, really supported by the wall. That's another thing that you can do. Um, simple, these are simple things, but they make a huge difference. A huge, okay. huge, massive difference. I mean, I noticed such a difference when I can regulate myself when Athena's having an upset. If I get activated, if my like empath and my like, oh, I have to make sure everybody's okay, gets triggered, then I'm in it with her. And then where's mm-hmm. the mom? You know, and then it, it right. only escalates her stuff because I, she, you know, kids feel safe when they know like we're, we, we've got them. Right. Right. So, and my kids don't feel safe very often because I'm always getting so frustrated. So I just feel like my kids don't even have one safe person. And that makes me feel so guilty. Well, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit here. I don't think that you're an unsafe person to your children. I think that at times you're unpredictable and can be inconsistent given the the trauma that you've had. But if you were unsafe, we wouldn't be on the phone right now. Right. I just feel like I don't deserve my daughter specifically because she just, I, I feel so broken. 
you know, that why would God charge me with raising a daughter who needs so much care that I, I never even got cared for when I was a child. I was neglected. Why would he expect me to care so much for people? Like I've been a caretaker my whole life and I've never been cared for. I've been a latchkey kid since I was six. So, well, I definitely can't speak for God, but one thing that I have noticed over the years of doing this is that one, our children pick us for what they need to learn. And two, our children often are the reason we finally do the work we need to. Yes. And we finally make the changes that we need to. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And any place in your life where you can ask for support from friends, from, I think there is another sit down conversation with husband about like something needs to change. I'm at my breaking point and this is impacting our kids in a negative way. Um, those conversations need to happen as well, but I want you to give it at least a week of implementing some of this nervous system stuff. And please let the idea go that you don't deserve your daughter because that doesn't help you and it doesn't help her at all. Well, that's what my dad would say to me. He would say that he would want to adopt her because I'm not a good mom. So it was very hurtful. Very hurtful. But, but very then hurtful. I found out he was abusing her when he would watch her. So I took you know her away from him. And that's when he started litigating against us. So it's been really sad oh, because Nicole. you know I loved my dad so much. And yeah. it just really hurts me. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of healing to do, my love. A lot. You do. And one of the things that really, really heals is love. And if you are a little more regulated, I think that you are going to notice many more moments through the day that you can let the love in. Because a lot of times when we have had a lot of trauma, we're scared to love and we go into hypervigilance instead. So we manage our kids and we care for them and we're in the day, but like we often don't fully open our heart and let the love in. So that's the other thing I want you to focus on is those moments in the day where you can just let love in, let their childlike curiosity or, um, you know, the cuddles that I'm sure you get sometimes or watching them sleep or whatever it may be, try to let that in a little more. And drop this idea that you don't deserve it. Because if you think you don't deserve it, you'll never enjoy it either. Okay. Yeah. Does this help at all? Yes, it helps so much. You have no idea. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, Nicole, for bringing such an important topic forward. This is something that I see over and over and over again, and we've discussed on the show before, is that we often have children without really clearing a lot of our or any of our childhood trauma. And so we're trying to raise them and trying to raise ourselves at the same time. And it's really, really hard. And what we do is we go into survival mode, like Nicole has. She's in survival mode. She's probably in a dysregulated response most of the time. She's in that fight, flight, freezer, fawn part of her brain and her nervous system. And that's why it's so hard to do anything. Plus she has no support. And this is another thing that I see for people that have endured a lot of trauma in their life. They don't have a lot of support. And there's a couple of reasons for it. One, there's deep, deep trust issues 
when you've been hurt, abandoned, abused by the people that are supposed to love you the most, a parent or parents or family members, it's very hard to trust people and it's very hard to let people in. So as much as you may want support, it's on a subconscious level, it is dangerous to let anybody in. So there's a very much, I got to do it all on my own lone wolf type of thing. The other reason is when we have, a, have had a lot of trauma, we're used to a certain heightened level of chaos and stress. Our, our body and our nervous system almost doesn't know what to do when there isn't a ton to do. We thrive in times of panic and th- times of challenge. I can think of you know, a couple of people in my life that just thrive in heightened situations because they've had so much trauma in their background. So although that's great, it's great to, to thrive in chaos. It can come in handy. We need to look at, okay, wait, why do I do so well in so much chaos? And what healing do I need to do? And what boundaries do I need to set? So because Nicole has a very busy life and is basically a single mom a lot of the time and doesn't have a lot of time, I tried to give her very simple suggestions to help regulate herself because she's not going to make great decisions or be able to set great boundaries or make changes if she's in a dysregulated state. So the simple things I gave her, humming, blowing horsey lips, making that sound, looking at things that bring her present to the room. Deep breathing is great, but sometimes we need a little more. So that deep breath with the sound like, (sighs) those types of things work really well. And we also talked a little bit about parenting and I'm going to, like I said in the intro, talk about this more and bring on some of my favorite experts to the show, you know, as the year goes on. But a big thing that I'm learning as a parent is that it's important for me to make sure that Athena knows I'm the mom right? To not be so dysregulated by her dysregulation that I move into parenting her from the place of, oh, oh my God, are you okay? Am I doing anything wrong? Or parent her from a place of guilt. You know, I had guilt over certain things when she was first born and just, you know, finding things to feel guilty about and putting a huge expectation of perfectionism on myself as a mother. And I found myself parenting from that place, like over parenting, versus like really parenting from a place of what is best for her and how can I make sure that she trusts me and how can we have boundaries? And you might think boundaries with a baby, that sounds super like unrealistic and unreasonable. And what I mean by that is not getting so lost in making decisions from guilt or so lost in my own trauma and stuff that was activated by having a child that I'm not really making decisions that are for everyone's highest good. And I think we as parents all have to look at that. It's like when we're making decisions from our triggered, dysregulated, unprocessed childhood stuff place, and when we're making decisions from our regulated, confident, trusting ourselves as parents. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. A lot of the times I feel like I don't know what I'm doing with my child. And when we make decisions from that place, they're often not the best decisions. So my other recommendation to Nicole was to have boundaries in her marriage, have better boundaries with her children. And remember, boundaries come from a place of love. They don't come from a place of controlling another person. I think that's the misunderstanding about boundaries. You know, if you hear me say boundaries with your child, that's like, oh, that's cutting off love. Oh, that's controlling. That's selfish. No, It's actually about creating structure and safety. And what I see over and over and over again is kids really thrive in structure and routine. Not 
necessarily, you know, regimented, controlled, you will adapt to my lifestyle kid. Not that, but a, a, a structure they can trust. And we all see that. So we see people that are consistent in our life. Like if you had a best friend that showed up for you every Tuesday at seven and brought you dinner, how much trust would you have in them? Right? It's like that consistency, that trust, that stability, that structure. And kids also need boundaries too, because they, they're looking to us to know where the edge is. And if we aren't showing them, then they're constantly going to be pushing it. So this is a much bigger conversation, but when we have not dealt with enough of our own trauma, often we are parenting from that place of dysregulation, which makes it hard to get into knowing what truly is the decision that is for everyone's best. So more on that. But for now, my biggest takeaway that I want you to take away is what are those daily things, like I taught Nicole, you can do to help regulate your nervous system. So whether it's with your kids, your spouse, yourself in traffic, you're not coming from that heightened dysregulated place because no good actions, no good decisions, no good conversations come when we are dysregulated. So take a deep breath. Blow horsey lips. And maybe shake it out a little bit and just bring yourself back into your body. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 